every relationship has an expiration date at some point, no matter what type of relationship it is. Like you could be with a partner for 60 years and that person could die and that relationship ends, or you could be married for five years and it's just time. Right. And I think our society places like a badge of success on longevity when it comes to partnership. And I've seen people that are so miserable, but they refuse to leave each other because they're like, we've been married for 30 years. And they wear that as a badge of honor. And I don't necessarily think that that means that they're in a successful relationship. So it's kind of looking at the dynamic of the relationship and asking yourself, like, how do I define success? What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to the Boldly Courageous podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here, and I wanted to share something with you. Over the past two months, I have been working to overcome some burnout and navigate a pretty big shift in my life and business. And as a result, I have felt called to go more inward, slow down, and really create some space for myself. And I'm a huge believer that anything I create from a place of hustle or have to energy, not only does me a disservice, but it does you one as well, because it doesn't feel truly authentic or aligned. And I always want to be serving and creating from a place of alignment of excitement and authenticity. So as a result, I've taken a summer break when it comes to new episodes here on the boldly courageous podcast, but you can expect a brand new season in the beginning of August, along with a new look and feel. I'm so excited about that. However, I realized that I've been a guest on so many amazing shows, sharing stories and insights and wisdom that I believe you would really enjoy. So instead of releasing new original episodes on the podcast, I'll be sharing episodes of other podcasts that I've been guests on to give you some perspective. So over the next coming weeks, you can expect to hear from some of the most amazing podcast hosts and people that I love. So with that being said, let's dive into the episode. You just had me on your podcast, but now I get to dig in and hear some things that I may know about you, but I feel like I'm just going to learn a different like layer texture to it, which is exciting for me. And then for all of my ladies listening, um, I just know your story and journey is going to hit home for so many of them and give them maybe the inspiration and I hope the courage to follow where their heart is trying to lead them right now, Mm. right? So let's talk about that because when I first met you, it was a little bit over, I think it was just over a year ago. It wasn't two years ago, but it was not that long ago and you were in a relationship living in New York, right? Yeah. And then soon after that dinner, you're like, I'm moving to California. Business is evolving. So much is changing. So let's talk about where you were when I first had dinner with you, just to give everyone some context of like what was going on in your world. Yeah. And you know, what's crazy. It was 2019. 
was it? That's how long ago, but it feels like it was not that because 2020 didn't exist, yeah. right? It's just yeah, oh yeah, like, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is it two years ago? But 2020, you're right, it was just a yeah. flip on the radar. It was 2019 and I was, oh gosh, how would I describe where I was? I had made a decision to join an elite level mastermind that was on the West coast. I was living in upstate New York in a small town of about 7,000 people. I had been in the, we'll call it the world of entrepreneurship. I was building a network marketing. I had been in that for about seven years. And I was in a place where I felt like my environment wasn't supporting the level of growth and the vision that I had. So let me just paint you a picture. I was living in a town of 7,000 people in upstate New York. I was married at the time, living with my father-in-law and my husband in the house that he grew up in, in the town that he grew up in, and was kind of in the process of helping him manage his fitness studio. He was an athletic trainer. And I had started another business with my best friend and we both realized like we needed to get into a room or a space that was going to stretch us into a container that was going to stretch us. Cause I wasn't getting it in my home environment. I wasn't getting it in my relationship and I could see the vision, but I knew that my environment was going to be stronger than my will. And that's both on the pro side and the con side, right? So from a cons perspective, like the environment that I was in was constantly pulling me out of alignment. It was constantly draining me and my like coping mechanism for not feeling in alignment was to overwork because I didn't want to deal with the relationship and all the distractions in my life. And then on the other side of that, putting myself in an environment that's stronger than my will on the pro side was joining this mastermind, getting on airplanes, three or four times a year and going out to California for a week or two at a time and getting into an environment that was bigger than me around dreamers and thinkers and doers and the vibration of California. I mean, you know, like it's yeah. magnetic. And every time I would go, I would feel more and more like myself, more in my body, more tapped in, more aligned, more energized. And I have never really dealt with anxiety until this period of my life. And I didn't know it was anxiety, but the moment the car that the Uber or my car were turned onto the street that I lived on, I would start to feel this tightness in my chest and this pit in my stomach and this heaviness. And I would feel not excited to come home. Mm. And so that's when I met you and yeah. my husband and I had talked about this for a couple of years that, you know, our environment wasn't supportive and we had made a plan to move to California together. We didn't end up doing that, yeah. <laughs> but at, at dinner, yeah. like we're yeah. moving, he may be moving. He may not be moving. It's very much up in the air. So we had made the decision in May. We had made the decision in 2018 that by 2020, we'd be in California, but he had a lot of codependency happening in his family. He had a business there. And I think that he was also struggling with a lot of like self-worth and confidence. And we were not in a place of common vision of what we wanted for our life. He was super resentful that I worked so many hours. I was very resentful that he was numbing out in some ways that he was. And so there was just a lot of tension, right? And so we had made this decision in May, we had a plan, but when it came time to execute that plan, he wasn't as solid in it as I was. And I guess the kind of the backstory of all of this is that I was the breadwinner in the family, in our household. And in 2019, in the summer of 2019, my network marketing company that I had been building, that we had been building in for seven years restructured. 
and we lost all of our income. I lost all of my income within 60 days. And so what that did, I mean, I don't have to tell you from a money perspective, is it peeled the layers back. Money was just a, you know, magnifier for all the other underlying stuff that was going on in our relationship. And once we pulled that away, it called forward my feelings of not, not feeling safe in the relationship, not feeling supported, being so in my masculine all the time, because I just felt like I had to, because my partner wasn't supporting me in other ways. And it just brought up all this stuff. And we, I had the, um, guidance of a good friend of ours, Melissa, who is a trauma coach. And, you know, she was helping me with my divine feminine and tap into my sexual energy. And she helped me get really clear on like, what are my values? What's important to me? What are my non-negotiables in the relationship? And I sat down with him and I said, I'm getting to a point where I'm either going to choose myself and my own happiness, or I'm going to choose the relationship. And right now, if you ask me, I'm choosing myself. Yeah. And it was a really fucking hard conversation, right? But it was with love and it was with compassion. And I just gave him the list. I said, these are my values. This is what's important to me. These are my non-negotiables. I'm not telling you that you have to do these things. I'm inviting you into it. And if you choose to, I think that we can move down this path together. But if you choose not to, then we'll go our separate ways. And he, we've had these conversations before, but never like that. And yeah the hardest thing that I had to do in that moment was stand in that and not waver and not check in like, Hey, you said you were going to do this and I don't see you doing it. Like I had to just sit back and watch and observe and make decisions based 100% on what my gut was telling me, which was so hard because there's other people involved and what are they going to think? And all the judgment and the stories around how am I being to this person? You know, am I going to leave them high and dry and what are their families going to think? So I had made a plan. I knew I was no longer going to stay in New York. It wasn't serving me. I had invited him into this container to grow with me. And I had to be willing to accept the outcome, no matter what, like I had to be prepared that either he was in or he was out. And either way I was rooted in my decision. I love that. That's, and that just takes so much trust. And also I want to point out for anyone to catch this, like, because I hear this all the time from women in my programs, they start growing and then they realize that they're asking their partner for permission. What do you think if I start this business? What do you think if I make this investment? What do you think if I join this thing? So I travel because I, this is what I need. And if their partner isn't with it, they end up shrinking or like moving back into a container so that they can fit into that relationship. Mm. And what I like about this that is so inspiring is you said, here's what I need because I deserve it. Meet me here or else I'm willing to meet myself here. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to, you know, abandon that. And I feel like that is just so powerful, mm. but it's not easy. Right? Oh. So, and you're living with his family. So that even makes it, I imagine more awkward and uncomfortable to be like, I'm moving out. So what was it like in that window of the unknown that you were like, I'm going to California either way, yeah. following this feeling either way. And then you said you were waiting, but you couldn't, like, you weren't going to be like, are you doing it? Are you doing it? What's up? when did you give yourself a window like okay if he doesn't tell me by january 1st like what was that like so we had made a plan 
to drive across the country together for our anniversary. So the plan was I was going to go out first, move our stuff. Like we sold almost everything. It was like that quintessential story of like, I sold everything. I packed the rest of my shit in a U-Haul. I had a thousand dollars in my bank account. I drove across the country. That was the legit situation. I was, I had like multiple credit cards that had like $500, $200, $50. And I was literally keeping track of how much I was spending on gas and like, you know, Airbnbs to float I'm each card. Life. Yeah. That yeah. was my life. That's the, like I mean, the that's, white one has 200. Yeah. Has like, I had it on the note section of my phone and, and I actually had this giant thing of change and I was like on the first leg of our trip, he was driving and I was rolling quarters and pennies just to see how much change I had. So like that. He did drive on the trip. We drove together. Okay. He moved me out there and then he flew home. And the plan was for me to get us situated and look for places to live and for him to tell his family number one because he still hadn't told them like this was a big issue like i felt like i couldn't share anything on social media because his family was following me they just thought we were on an anniversary trip and i was just staying out there for work stuff he needed to figure out if he was going to sell his business what he was going to do with it how he was going to tell his family and when i came home for christmas we were going to fly back to California together. And that was going to be, that was the plan. And he, because he wasn't telling his family, I could tell that he was not clear. I could tell that he was confused. I could tell that he wasn't confident in where we were at in our marriage. And I, I could tell that he felt afraid. Like, what if I do all of this and it doesn't work out? And then I have nothing like he very much in general is the type of person that operates from a place of fear and worst case scenario. And I'm such a positive, optimistic person, although I am like Capricorn. So I'm very like realistic, you know, and whatever, but like, that was always very challenging for me because I would always have the energy of how can we make this happen? And he would be in the energy of it's never going to work. Yeah. So when I got to California, the drive across the country, I was in a state of anxiety the entire time. Like I, one, I was stressed out about money, but two, like I, like I couldn't enjoy the experience with him because it was just everything in my body was telling me like red flags, like this is a no, like this is and and when he got on the plane to leave, I finally felt like I could take a deep breath. And that was that's really hard to navigate through because it's our anniversary and I want to have a great experience, but I just couldn't shake this feeling of like panic in my body. And so over the course of about two months of me being in California without him there, I actually, for the first time in seven years, because we got engaged within eight months of being together, like it moved very quickly. I had energy for myself. Like I didn't have to worry I mean, I was choosing to worry, right? I say that, yeah. but like, I didn't have other people in my space that I felt responsible for, that I had to get involved in their stories. And it felt so amazing to actually witness myself and have space for myself and hear myself think. And the really fortunate or unfortunate, whatever you want to call it, thing that kept coming up for me was I like this. Mm -hmm. I like being alone. And I actually now that I have some clarity, like I don't see a future for us and I don't see him moving to California. I kept having visions of me getting my own space and having my own place and like being alone and, and the possibility of a different type of partnership. And that's when I knew like, we have to have a conversation. Yeah. That's, that's a exciting, but yet I know that's scary to have those kinds of conversations. 
because we don't want to hurt someone, but also, you know, facing what that really means is letting go of something that once was what you wanted. And then it like, this is expired now. Yeah. What do you think for women? Like how you shared in the beginning, I love what you said, an environment stronger than my will, because Mm -hmm. I believe in that too. And that's why I'm so like clear about environment. And like, I want to put myself in the environment, whether it's from home to traveling to friends that are going to activate me versus deplete me. Yes. And I love that you shared that because once you got yourself into the environment in California around these entrepreneurs, it just opened up another possibility for you that you weren't seeing in this 7,000 person space and sharing a home with your partner that's not living in his best, like highest, you know, choices. And then also his father-in-law. So I know there's someone listening that's like, damn, I relate to this. I'm in that. And they're trying to decide whether, all right, is it, is this what's real for me? Should I be taking a break? Should I do something different? Should I be leaving this? What do you, what would you give someone as advice in that Mm. space? Man, like for I, me, I haven't gotten out of a relationship in so long. So I feel like yeah. you would be the better one to give the advice here. I there's so many things I want to say and like unpack in that. And I think number one, I think the first thing to recognize is that you can have any type of relationship you want. You know, societal norms or whatever your parents say or your friends, like none of that really matters. At the end of the day, it's between you and your partner and what's going to work best for you. Like sometimes, and I remember having this conversation with him being like, wouldn't it be cool when we have kids, if we each had our own apartments, (laughs) he didn't think that was so cool, but I was like, wouldn't it be cool if like you had the kids like three days a week and I had them three days a week and you know, or like two days a week. And like, so basically meaning like you can have your own time. And again, maybe that's the Capricorn in me and I'm an introvert. So I'm like, I like my alone time, but But I guess my point in that is if you are in a place where you feel like you need space and you need energy and there's a willingness on both parties to work on the relationships, space is not always a bad thing. Like just because you're living with someone right now doesn't mean that you can't go back to not living together and still have an amazing relationship. So the first thing I would say is that there is no right or wrong in terms of how relationships work. I think what it comes down to is two people that are really willing to listen to one another and honor their needs and decide whether or not that will work, right? And then what are you willing to compromise on? What are you not willing to compromise on? The second thing, which has helped me a lot is, and I've heard this, um, I heard this once from on a podcast with Christine Hassler and it has stuck with me and helped me to release the expectation of relationships is that every relationship has an expiration date at some point no matter what type of relationship it is. Like you could be with a partner for 60 years and that person could die and that relationship ends, or you could be married for five years and it's just time. Right. And I think our society places like a badge of success on longevity when it comes to partnership. And I've seen people that are so miserable, but they refuse to leave each other because they're like, we've been married for 30 years and they wear that as a badge of honor. And I don't necessarily think that that means that they're in a successful relationship. So it's kind of looking at the dynamic of the relationship and asking yourself, like, how do I define success? Yes. And why do I define it that way? So for me, giving that gave me a lot of permission to recognize that the best thing for both of us was to terminate the relationship because we weren't on the same page and we didn't have the same values anymore. Your values can change and grow over time. 
Yeah. And I think another component would be to, to seek professional help. Like I definitely felt like I needed support at that time. And I'm, I had a professional like helping me guide my thoughts, support me because your partner can't be the support system if you're navigating through a breakup. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and your friends are not going to be the best either. Like it's really powerful to have a neutral party. At least for me, that was my experience, but ultimately I guess for me, the decision of to stay or to go was actually, I, I had hired a coach and she asked me this first question. She said, do you want to stay married? And my answer at the time was yes. And she said, okay. And she was like, you have three options. Number one is that you can leave and walk away. And I was like, well, that doesn't feel good to me. That doesn't feel complete. I don't feel like I've exhausted every option. That's just my personality. <laughs> the second thing she said was you can continue on the path that you're on, do your work. Hopefully something will shift, but I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be exhausted. It's going to be a lot of work, but you could be happy. And she said, the third was to invite him into the conversation and see if he's willing to do the work with you. And I was like, that feels really good. Yeah. That feels like the best to me too. Right. I was like, okay, let me invite him into this conversation and let me not do it from a place of judgment and blame, because I think that's like, oftentimes we look at the other person of not giving us what we want, but really it's about us not saying what we need in a way that the other person can hear it. So it's a lot of like understanding how that person receives information and making sure you're speaking the same language and it's a supportive, loving environment, right? So inviting that person into the experience and if they are willing to grow, there's always a possibility that you can shift the dynamic of your relationship. But if they're not willing to grow, you have to decide for yourself what your non-negotiables are. And that for me was really empowering and also really challenging at the same time, because I knew that my decision to follow what felt true for me was ultimately going to impact somebody else. Yeah. And I think sometimes in relationships, any relationship, especially with coaching relationships, we have this belief that if I leave this person, their life is going to be destroyed, yeah. right? But what we don't realize is that sometimes you leaving could be the catalyst to change their, their life for the better. Like you have no idea what your decision or the impact it's going to make will have on somebody else. Um, it could cause them pain, but it could also be the biggest blessing in their life. So for me, it was just really navigating how I felt in my body, following my intuition, trusting that, okay, this feels like a yes for me, even though it feels hard. And, um, you know, like I said, inviting him into the conversation and just allowing him to show me, not tell me, but show me what he was willing to do. And, you know, in this story, the interesting part about all of it was when I vocalized to him that I no longer wanted to be married, he started to make shifts in his life. That's when he started to show up, but it was too late. And he was very remorseful and apologetic, but, you know, I feel like it's given him an opportunity to look at his own life and make decisions that feel empowering to him. So, and that can be the activator. I love that you shared that because I feel like it is very naive of us and just that we think that if I do this or if I stop doing anything from selling a program to 
breaking up with your partner, um, anything what, that this is going to be a bad thing for them when we really don't know. And something can never be right if it's not right for one person involved. Right. So that's my belief there. And um, just to like piggyback on what you said, I personally believe that even in the best relationship, there will be these like deaths and rebirths because if I'm going through one, you're going to have to get to know me as I'm evolving, meet me there and same vice versa, which is, I feel like the challenging part, but why relationships can be such a growing container if we're both committed to that work. And we're just like, we're going to meet each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of, part of the, like now in where I'm at today, like if I were, if it were me today, if I were in a relationship with a partner that, you know, let's just say wasn't growing to the extent that I would like, I think it's also important to have compassion for that person's process. Right. Like I've also heard this from Christine. She's like, you don't ever wake a sleeping baby ever. Right. And so meaning like it, if you try and like wake this person up and project your own stuff onto them and tell them all the things that they should be doing and point out all the things that they're not doing right, you're not going to get the reaction that you want, right? It's about having conversations of inviting them into the container. And really like the only thing that you can do is lead by example and continue to evolve and grow. And through that process, your language will change. Your boundaries will change. The way that you show up for your partner and yourself will change what you are willing to accept and not willing to accept will change. And so you can have those conversations in a really loving, beautiful, supportive way without making the other person wrong. I feel like relationships are like this perpetual invitation to invite somebody into your experience, right? To your experiences. Experience with them. Right. If you're in relationship, any relationship. Right. Right. Any relationship really. And, and you don't have to make that person wrong for not wanting to come into the relationship. It might not feel right for you, but it doesn't mean that they're a bad person or that they've wronged you. Right. Right. And so I, I think I see relationships from a very different perspective now and, and knowing just getting clear on what my non-negotiables are makes it so much easier for me to be like, well, that's great that that's your experience, but here's what's true for me. And this is a non-negotiable. So yeah, that doesn't work for me. I love that. That's empowered relationship and it changes things because that's when we get into our power as a woman. Mm-hmm. And Marianne Williamson also says this for anyone listening. She has a book, Enchanted Love. Have you read that book? No, I'm going to write this Such down. a good book. But she always says like, you can't like the feminine mm-hmm. is we're not here to mother our men Oof. or our partner at whatever your partner is. We're not here to mother. We're here to invite. And either they're <laughs> going to meet you and yes. that space or they're not. But if one train is passing, trust me, there's more trains. <laughs> so it's like really not you not abandoning and falling from yourself in that process. And speaking of all of these things, one thing that you mentioned, and I'm sure someone may have caught it, but money, because I know that I stayed in partnerships where I was like, I have to stay like with my daughter's father. I was like, if I leave, I don't have money. And you were counting change with him going across the country. You know, did that come up for you where you thought it's going to be easier to stay together because of money? Because I feel like a lot of women listening, especially the moms and things like that, that's a thing that comes up. I had a lot of, so it was kind of the other way around. 
Um, yeah, because you were the breadwinner. <laughs> so like, well, I guess it's different. Yeah. It was a little bit different, but money definitely came up. So he had a business, but because I was making such great income, we, we had built a network marketing together and um, kind of a long story short, we both had businesses and network marketing, but the company forced us to give up his business in March of 2019. So he had all his income went away. And then we were living on my income and he had a gym that he was running, but it was breaking even like he wasn't doing the things to reinvest into that business, to grow it. Like he was in a place where he was very disempowered. He was really depressed, dealing with anxiety, not living in his purpose. And you mentioned this earlier, and I want to touch on it real quick about being in like the shadow versus the light. Right. And for me, like, I felt like I had this big purpose that I wanted to share. And I kept feeling like I had to dim my light and dim my potential because I didn't want to disempower him and overshadow him and be like the star and the relationship. But because he wasn't excited about anything that was going on in his life, I felt like I couldn't be excited either, or I had to like yeah. diminish myself. Right. So I, I was the mother for sure super codependent relationship, really like controlling. I didn't feel safe in my body. I didn't feel safe with money. So my coping mechanism, my like strategy for that is control. And so I controlled the finances. I paid all the bills. I paid his bills. I paid my bills. Money is very much a control thing for me. So when I started to realize all of this and all of our income went away. The only income that I had coming in was with another business that I had with my business partner and my own coaching business that I had just started. So when our network marketing company went away, I was like, okay, I have two choices. I can either jump back into another network marketing company, which felt like a hell no, like my body literally, like I felt like I wanted to fall asleep. It was so heavy or I could lean in to this thing that felt exciting with like coaching and like this podcast that I wanted to start and like, like full blown entrepreneurship. And that felt exciting. But what didn't feel good to me was to use the money that I was working so hard for and pay his bills. Like it felt really out of alignment. So we had to sit down and have a conversation about it. And I was like, okay, listen, here are your bills. Here are mine all the money that I make from my coaching business, I'm going to keep all the money that you make from this thing that you're doing. And that is yours. You can do whatever you want with it. And here are your bills. And then here are the things that we co-manage together. And that was so hard because on the one hand, he felt like I was abandoning him. Like, what do you, like, what the fuck? Like you're throwing me to the wolves here. But what I realized is that by trying to control everything, I robbed him of the opportunity to learn and grow. I robbed him of the ability to make mistakes and to build confidence. And I'll never forget the moment I realized this, this like that. And I, for the women that are listening, if you are in this place where you feel like you have to do everything for your man, it's probably because you've done everything for your man. And it comes from a place of wanting to control and things having to look a certain way. And that was me. So the moment that I realized it was he walked into the kitchen one day and he put a hundred dollars down on the, on the counter. And he was like, Hey, can you Venmo this money to my sister for me? And I just looked at him and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'm going to have to take that hundred dollars. I'm gonna have to drive to the bank. I mean, I had a hundred bucks in my bank account and it would have taken me 10 seconds to do it, but it was the, it was like, let's draw this whole process out, right? This was like a <laughs> tiny little microcosm of a much bigger 
scenario of codependency and lack of confidence on his part, mostly because I had emasculated him through so much of our marriage, right? Yeah. So I would take that hundred dollars, drive to the bank, put it in the bank account, and then get involved with whatever money transaction was going on between him and his sister, which I had nothing to do with me. And his, one of his big um, excuses with stuff like this is he's not great with technology. Like he doesn't know how to. So he puts this hundred dollars down on the counter and he says, can you Venmo this to my sister? And I said, no, I said, you can do it. He goes, yeah, but I don't have Venmo and I don't know how to use it. And I said, well, it's really easy. You just download the app on your phone. And if you need help, I will, I will, I will help you, but it's super easy. Yeah. And he was like, well, he got combative. Like, well, I don't understand why you can't just help me out. I'm like, it's a no for me. Like you can do this. Yeah. (laughs) And it was that, that was like the beginning of a shift of me saying no to things and you can do this. And, and he didn't like it. He felt like I wasn't supportive. He felt like I was abandoning him, but it was tr- truly giving him an opportunity to build confidence within himself. So when I started to separate all the bills, it wasn't, I mean, number one, it felt out of alignment for me to support him at that moment when I felt like I wasn't getting supported in other ways. And it's not about the money, but it's about an equal energy exchange, right? Yes. But number two, it was really about allowing him to lead and take care of himself and stand in his power. And I think it also, for me, it was setting up the, the, the foundation of if we do need to go our separate ways, that like we're both whole and complete. And the hard thing about that, that I had to work through was that I knew that my potential to earn money at that point was much greater than his because of all the work I had been doing. And I had to let go of that story that he's going to be late on his bills or he's going to default on his car loan or any, like I had to let that go and let that be his experience and let that be his lesson. Because I know for me, I went through all of that. I was six figures in debt on the verge of bankruptcy, owing back taxes. And it's one of the best things that ever happened to me because it taught me how to build a great relationship with my money. And it taught me how to be resourceful and it taught me how to lean into my gifts and how to be abundant, not just make money. Yeah. Right. So like for me with the money stuff, it was less about me. Cause I knew no matter what, like I'm going to, I'm going to take care of myself. Like I'm going to figure shit out if I need to go wait tables, which I didn't do, but, yeah. but I, I always know. Right. Where we should be. If I'm asked to, I love that you said that because there's so many people that would be like, I can't move out from my mom. And they're like mid thirties. I'm like, get a job. Then if you have to do whatever you have to, to be sovereign and feel empowered. Yeah. Some people are more, some people feel more empowered being disempowered. Like they're more empowered by their disempowerment story. Like for me, it was a question of who do I have to become? What do I have to do? Like, what am I willing? What levels of fear am I willing to go through and what difficult conversations am I willing to have and what boundaries am I willing to set and standards and all those things in order for me to live the life I want. Yes. And that was, that was a hard line I had to draw and it was hard. Like there were a lot of hard conversations that we had and I knew that he felt one way, but I had to let that go and let that be his experience. Like there are the facts of any situation, right? The facts are, I told him he pays his own bills and I pay mine. But then there's the story or the truth that you subscribe to around those facts. I had my own truth and he had his, and I didn't need to get involved in his story. Yes, that's so powerful. I'm glad you brought this little tidbit up because 
codependency is very real okay. in a lot of relationships and it can be insidious, but also it can be very unconscious. Yes. And that little feeling of, you know, I'm sure someone may have listened at first and thought, but they're married and shouldn't she help with this? No, because the reality is, is that we're all responsible for only ourselves. And if you have children, you're responsible for them until they can be responsible for themselves. Anything else you choose to give is your choice to give. Mm -hmm. And so if anyone has, or you have allowed it, but you may not even realize where there's a partner or somebody that's making you feel bad because you're not willing to give more than you're willing to give. And you've been giving to the point of feeling depleted. This is your invitation to check in with those agreements and ask what, how do you want to be moving forward? All right, Miracle Workers, I know you are on the edge of your seat listening to this episode with Melissa and I. Before we go any further, I have to let you in on a secret. Now, this is a secret because I haven't shared it with any other of my communities yet from social media or email. I'm going to let you know here first so you can save the date. We are doing Miracle Week. Miracle Week 2.0. I mean, this is going to be a Miracle Week unlike any other. If you've been a part of any of the Miracle Weeks, you know that they're never the same. They're always different. In this one, we are doing bigger, bolder, more juicy, more magnetic, more about money and manifestation. And I want you to have the biggest breakthrough that you've ever had with me at a Miracle Week. So get ready. Save the dates. You can't sign up yet, but you can save the date and keep your eyes peeled. It's going to be happening June 21st through the 25th. We are gonna spend that week in a deep dive of dancing, activating, calling upon and claiming your money miracles. Write it down in your calendar, save your date, let your friends know it's going down. I can't wait to see you there. And now let's get back to the show. So Melissa, to move through this because now I know you on the other side of this, you end up moving to California Yes. And I feel like you did go through your grieving process and all that, but then your life has blossomed so much. <laughs> so overall, you're happy you made the decision. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just talk about that a little bit, leaving behind the small town, 7,000 people, your business that failed was a 2019, you said? Yeah. Or it didn't fail, but it was a MLM. It went away. Yeah. Yeah. It went away. And then you decided to build your own. And I've watched the successes in your own, the one that you have with your partner, the one that you now have with yourself. Let's just talk about that year of becoming. Like what were your necessities knowing that you were leaving this and that there were a lot of old ways of being that were falling away. What were you like? I have to set myself up like this for success. Like what were, yeah. what did that lifestyle look like? Yeah. So the first thing that was, it was interesting, like, um, we were talking about this in Tulum, you and I both have experienced like crazy shit happening to us. Like my ankle got sprained and you got sick and like the universe will take you out if you are not listening and make you like sit down, sis. Like I've had my spirit guides yeah. be like, you need to just sit down. And after I had the first conversation with, with my ex-husband that I wanted to get divorced in the end of 2019, I got strep throat like the day after. And I think it was because my throat chakra was like freaking out, like stop talking. Like, what are you doing? Or my ego is freaking out. Right. And in the beginning of January or February, I ended up getting sick again. And 
One of the things for me personally that has become a non-negotiable in my life is spiritual advisors. Like I have a spiritual advisor that I work with through 2020, almost once a month, like every six weeks to just kind of do an energy update, clear my energy, tap in with my guides. And just honestly, the information that she gave me wasn't anything that I didn't already know. I just didn't trust it. And so that process helped me to really lean into that connection that I had even more. So that was number one, was just my connection to my spirituality. And through that, creating non-negotiable habits around self-care. Um, the first three months of 2020, for me, was a lot of sleeping, a lot of surrendering, a lot of crying, a lot of nurturing, a lot of journaling, and working and navigating through a lot of fear around money. because. I didn't know what I was going to do. Like I was scrolling job boards at night, crying, thinking like, am I going to have to go a waitress again? And I had this experience one day where I realized that frequency matters and that abundance is not a state. It's not like a destination. It's not a dollar amount in a bank account. It's actually a frequency and a state of being. And I felt this incredible like sense of relief around that, that like, oh, like I don't, just because I have $12 in my bank account, this is a true story. I had $12 and like 75 cents in my bank account. And like three days later, I was supposed to have a credit card payment come out for $95. And it was the first time that my bank account was being negative and I was freaking out. And I shifted into this just frequency of abundance and gratitude for everything that I have, regardless of what my bank account said, I can still show up as that thing. And I ended up signing a client who paid in full and I had 10 K in my bank account, like the next day before my credit card payment hit. And I was like, I'm fucking good. Right. And then I just, (laughs) it's like, but it just, it, it spoke to the vibration that I was in and the frequency of just showing up. And so the last thing I would share with like non-negotiables no matter where you're at, the thing that carried me through 2020 and got me from, you know, starting over at ground zero with like $12 in my bank account, negative net worth, tons of credit card debt to building a six figure income during 2020, which I don't even need to share all that is recognizing the simple fact that we have three different versions of ourselves that we can operate from. One self is our past self, right? Everything that's predictable, everything that's comfortable, everything that we know, everything that we judge, (laughs) all of our limiting beliefs, all the bullshit, but that feels comfortable. Like we're there, we've been there, done that. So it's proven and, um, you know, like reliable. Mm -hmm. And then there's our current self who is taking action every single day to get to where we want to go. But usually we're making decisions and operating from where we've been. And it kind of gets us spinning our wheels and repeating these same patterns over and over again. And I recognized that I wasn't operating from the third version of me, which is the future version of me, that version of me who is a multimillionaire, who's so in her power, so tapped in, like has a dream life, is making an impact. Like, what is she thinking? How is she feeling? What are her habits? What's her relationship like with money? What's her relationship like with her friends? And I just started to tap into that frequency of this woman that is me, but I'm not acting as her. And so I started to ask myself, like my number was 300,000. Like I wanted to make $300,000 a month. And I said, okay, if I made that this month, would I have 
the foundation to support it, the mindset, the tools, the team, you know, or would I sabotage it? And the answer was, I would fucking sabotage it. Right. So now I know, okay, what foundation do I need to lay for myself? What boundaries do I have to set? What's a, what like practices do I need to practice? What conversations do I need to have? And so every single day waking up and checking in, like, where am I operating from today? Yeah. And just noticing the frequency and the vibration that I'm in that to honestly was the thing. If you were to ask me like, what's the one thing it was that, that helped me get through 2020 and make all the decisions I have and live the life that I have now. And I forget sometimes like I'm human, right? I forget. And I'm like, oh fuck, that's an old pattern. Like that's old me. Okay. Let's like recalibrate. Let's check back in. Like let's make some shifts and we'll get that's back on life. track. Yeah. Right. Like we're all in constant discovery mode. Yeah. So, yeah. but I feel like so much has happened and you're right. I don't know why this just hit me, but like you did this right before the world locked down that like, thank God you weren't quarantining there. <laughs> thank God. Right. Thank God. And yeah, it's crazy. Cause it doesn't matter. Yeah. your decisions, like some people will be like, I can do it later. If you're being called to do something, there's always a reason. That's what I feel. I always feel like you're being called. And I love how you were being led to California. That was like your incubator for you to let go and to become the woman that you were becoming and still are becoming, but so much has shifted. So now since then, um, speaking of the network marketing, you have been called to still work in that capacity, but now training and yeah. coaching network yeah. marketers. So let's talk about that a little bit, because I feel like you were doing so much in your business, but this even took you to the next level of like working with leaders in this way. And I feel like it's such an important thing because I actually tell my ladies, I look, I personally didn't want to do network marketing. So I focused on what God is calling me to do. But if I didn't ever join one, I wouldn't be the entrepreneur I am today. And I believe that it's such a great opportunity if you're someone that's like, I have no idea what I want to do, but I know that I want to be a part of something bigger. I know that I want to make extra money. And if you're feeling called, I feel like it's a great opportunity. So speaking of that, you train and coach yeah. now. So tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, network marketing is like entrepreneurship with training wheels. Right. And yes. for me, like I never knew that I could be an entrepreneur until I got around people in network marketing and I started reading leadership development books and like investing in my growth because in my job, like I didn't need to do any of that stuff. Didn't matter. Like performance was performance and no yeah. one cared what my mindset was unless, you know, it affected my sales. Right. Yeah. And I love the industry and it's changed a lot. And I think as a leader, no matter where you're at network marketing, running a team, you know, in the corporate world, it's so important for you to, provide your team with things that you're not the expert at. I think a mark of a good leader is being able to say, here's what I do well, but here's what I don't do well. And I'm either going to learn about it, or I'm going to give you somebody else that can teach you. Like, I don't have to be the expert at everything. Mm -hmm. And I saw this with my own team. Like I started learning about branding and marketing and sales and like the importance of niching down and like social media. And I started taking all that and bringing it to my team because my leaders weren't doing it. Right. And there's this real old school mentality with network marketing that's heavily rooted in scarcity and fear and lack. 
And I get it. It's because a lot of people start because they don't have any time and they don't have any money. And so they're selling and they're serving from a place of fear and lack, or they're selling and servicing from a place of like, like imitation, right? There's such a beautiful system that's duplicatable, but if you don't believe in yourself, it's so easy and tempting to want to just imitate somebody else because it's like, oh, look, they're having success. Let me abandon myself and do what they're doing because I don't trust that I can be successful. And again, we see this in the coaching industry, people copying shit. Like I know, you know, we've talked about that and just like be your, be you. That's what people want. And I'm so passionate about teaching high level leaders in network marketing or any entrepreneur, the importance of alignment, the importance of vibrating at a frequency of abundance, getting super clear on who your dream customer is and really tapping into that, knowing exactly what your gifts are because you're unique and you're special and you have a message. And whether you've been in network marketing for five minutes or five years is irrelevant. If you want to help people, you can, but don't do it through the lens of someone else, like do it through your own lens. So yeah, it's something that clearly I get excited about because I want to see people succeed. And I just see so many people dimming their light or copying and pasting messages or sending Hey girl messages. And I'm like, no, there's a better way. There's a better way. I see that. I still get those messages and I'm just like, oh my gosh, somebody, her upline is like, needs to teach her the right things. But also what you said about the alignment, because you can tell when there's people leading with products, you can tell when people are just posting the thing that, you know, they saw someone else doing and it just doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel like them. And the thing is we can feel it. The reason why the people that have success is people feel their magnetism because they feel that they're being them. We don't even have to understand it. It just, it's alignment, it's authenticity, and we get to do it that way. So I love that. So tell us about, because I don't even know, what do you have coming up? And like, what? (laughs) yeah, like, fill me in on the good things that you have going on, because I know that you have been showing up and helping even some of the people that are in my programs and Mm -hmm. that are affiliates for my programs, they bring you in to help train and teach. So tell me about some of that. Tell us. Yeah. So I tested this out in, in 2020 and it was amazing. Um, I did a group coaching program for one high level leader in network marketing. I had 21 of her girls and we did a group coaching for three months and the results were just insane. And so I've decided to implement that in my business. So it's called Excel and it's a three month group coaching container, but it's not it's not business. I mean, it is business. People come to me and they think, Oh, I want to know how to find more followers or how to build my network or like fix up my social media. I'm like, let's fix up your heart first. Let's get your energy aligned. Right? So this container, it's super intimate. I it's for women in each group. It's women only. And we go deep on a lot of the stuff that we talked about today about like knowing yourself and getting really in touch with your authentic voice, making sure that you're coming from a place of true alignment and service and how to have those boundaries and conversations in your personal life. Cause those impact the way that you show up, right? Are you dimming your light because you're afraid that someone in your life is going to, you know, make fun of you or all the, all the things that keep us from actually executing the strategy. So Excel is really kind of like a combination of like life and spirituality and like really getting rooted into true alignment. And then we dive into like, okay, now let's execute the strategy from a place that feels so authentic and so real to you because the way you show up and execute will be completely different than the way I show up and execute. And so 
we meet every other week on Zoom for an hour and 45 minutes. We do meditations, we do journal prompts. So it's just, it's become one of my most favorite things to do. And I roll it every three months. So if the doors are not open right now, you can always uh, hop on the wait list. But yeah, that's the thing that I'm most excited about right now. And then aside from that, I have a evergreen course that you can just jump into at any time. It's called Ignite Academy. And it basically takes you through three pillars of um, radiating authentically. So you know like who you are and your brand identity leading from a place of true authority. So you know exactly the transformation that you provide and attracting abundance with ease. So clearing all the money stuff. Um, yeah, so that's the that. Academy, yeah. I love that they can get it whenever. So if you're listening yeah. and you're like, I need a little juice, I need a little pick me up. Yeah. That, and speaking of that, like just your journey, I know my journey, I see it happen with everyone. Us getting into those environments and having support is just, it's revolutionary. So we need it. We're not meant to do it alone. So, you know, and it's all connected. So the business, the relationship, the friendships, the way you eat, the way you speak to yourself, everything is just part of you. It's all connected. And it's so important, that alignment, that authenticity. And I love watching your journey. I love seeing everything that you're up to. I love that your business is growing. I love that you are growing. And I love that all of that came from you trusting what you felt that's just a testament mm. of your podcast boldly, boldly courageous. courageous yes okay. <laughs> so that's why when you were coming out with the podcast and then your decision it just went and even when i was like come on to the podcast um and why i knew i want to talk about that because it is bold it is courageous and i think that so many people look out at whatever you're watching the people that are doing things and you think i want that i can't be that it's going to take faith, it's going to take courage, and there's gonna be some things that you're going to be called to do that are bold, that are radical, and many people may not understand. Mm -hmm. But it's in those financial and emotional risks that your entire life can open up for you. Yes, amen. It's, you know, I think I would rather like make a decision that feels good in my body now and look back and be like, okay, maybe I could have done something differently. Maybe that wasn't in hindsight, the smartest choice. Let me make a different one than, than wonder like what would have happened if I had done that thing? Yes. You know, and like you said earlier, like if you've been tapped with it, it's for a reason, like ideas and don't just pop into your head for no reason. We just, we disconnect our brain from our bodies. And I always know, like if we talked about this on my podcast, like the difference between a yes and a no, mm -hmm. if, for me, like when, when I get butterflies or my like heart opens, it's a yes. And if it feels yeah. like, if I don't feel anything or I feel restricted or closed off or just like heavy, it's a no. Yeah. And learning how to trust that is so hard because our brain wants to rationalize the feeling in our body. Cause there's yeah, always absolutely. a consequence on the other side of it. a difficult conversation, someone you might disappoint um, an unattended outcome or like a renegotiating of your entire life, right. Or a reorganization, yeah. like you pull a launch, your entire business changes for the whole year. So you got to reorganize yeah. everything, you know, so I we can be messy. Yesterday. I right. still feel it, but I feel like there's fear, even when money's introduced or mm -hmm. there's unexpected things you have to do, it could be a little texture of fear, but if it feels expansive. It's just like, why not give it a try? Why not give right. it a try, go for the thing. And that's like, that's how we both live, but our lives 
and what unfolds for us and what the opportunities that show up are and through us even are a testament of that. I've never gotten anything that I want by taking the safe route. Everything I have in my life right now that I am like overjoyed with and like I could cry about, which I do, I cry like every day with gratitude has come from doing really uncomfortable shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so true. Those beautiful risks. So tell us where we can find you. I, we're going to plug your Instagram and website, but I know I, I do want to share this. I always tell um, my friends about Melissa, my clients, because people will be like trying to do all these special kinds of reels. Your reel got 8 million views and it's just, it's just you. It was so basic, <laughs> but I love how that happens because it's like, it doesn't have to be complicated and you never know. I'm sure you weren't doing that. Like, it's just like our podcasts, our programs, our things like usually the money or the views or whatever it is, you know, not that these things really matter, but it's just that you never know what's going to happen. No, you right? don't. And I like, that's the fun. <laughs> it's the ones where I'm trying to be strategic that don't land as well. And that first, um, so I did a reel, my very first reel. And it was just, I was just like, you know what? This feels uncomfortable, but I'm curious. Let me just try and have fun with it. Which one would feel the most fun? And I did the Zodiac one where you're like, this is my age, this is my sign. And I would look at that video now and I'm like, I'm just me. Like I'm radiating light, I'm having fun. It was joyful. And I had no expectation or attachment to any outcome. I'm like, let me just put this out there. And the fucking thing got 8 million views and went viral. Crazy. And my follower account jumped up and all this happened. And it was such a like out of body experience just to watch it all happen. And I think that that's, that's the, that's the power of just allowing play and fun and curiosity into any area of your life. Like, Oh, this looks interesting. I'm nervous because it's something new. I've never done it before, but let me just try and make it as fun as possible. And like miracles happen. Yeah. It's just fun yeah. to like a, that demonstrates the power of social media because we have these platforms that we get to use, use them. Right. And you never know how far like the ripple is going to go. That was just, you know, a little real and it was for fun, but it just sh like, it shows me. And I tell this to my clients, like, just create the things, just play, like cares, right. <laughs> just right. do it. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. So you can find me and my playful creative reels on Instagram at the Melissa Martin. It's where I hang out the most. You can slide in my, my DMS. Um, and then we'll link the other stuff for, um, Excel and for Ignite Academy in the show notes. Thank you so much. Oh my God. Thank so you. Grateful for you. I'm glad you're in my world in my orbit. And, um, mm -hmm. thanks for sharing your journey and taking us back a little bit in time. I hope that it serves as a beautiful, you know, just inspiration and opens up questions for people that are listening that may feel like this story is close to their heart. And if it is close to your heart, and if you've been feeling something during this, please go ahead and just screenshot this, share and tag. I love hearing which episodes are landing, which lessons are landing for you. And um, yeah, go follow Melissa and see what she's up to. Watch her reels because they've gotten better. But that's yeah. so funny. The one that you first did was like, you know, now I'm like doing transitions and stuff. Like, I'm like I'm a reels proud. expert. Like, don't even get at me. It's like so funny, but yeah, I do. I do want to just say that, um, you know, if you're somebody who's feeling stuck in your relationship and something about what I shared 
resonated with you, please message me. I'm always open and available to have conversations and I'm no like relationship expert, yeah. but if I can help you in any way, I'm, I'm available for that. So you can just slide in my DMs and let I me know love that. how I can serve right. you. So ladies, you have no excuses, right? <laughs> like we have support and that's the way that like life just supports us in that way. There's always someone that's been where we've been and that gets it and that can be that light and like yes. follow like we just follow their lead so thank you so much melissa love you. you love you love the light and that you're creating in this world thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today i am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together it's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of I would be so incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes to leave me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life. Bye.